Oh my god. What is it? Monsooning up there? It's coming. It's coming tomorrow, man. Yeah, so you guys got dangerous rain. Let me go get my room. Dangerous rain and 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 uh whatnot. Yeah, and you know, I of course like like a complete jerk, I took off tomorrow and I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna take off. I'm gonna go trout fishing, go hit up my favorite little brook trout stream. Then it goes, yeah, that's not gonna happen tomorrow. <laughs> oh, I could have told you that. I was like, oh man, I don't know. How many vacation days do you get a year? <clears throat> a lot. A lot. Six weeks. Something like that, yeah. You have to work all summer too, don't you? I do, I do, and I get all beat up and. Yeah, you know, I've you know do do some work here and there as as needed. Um, getting harassed. That's about his former jobs. We were talking about this the other day about kind of the work life balance, right? And loving the outdoors and trying to do things outside is incredibly difficult when you have a full time job. Um, it's even more difficult when you work for someone who doesn't care about you. And I used to have this boss who was on my way down to Florida to visit grandpa after grandma passed away. And um, my boss calls me as I'm boarding the flight. And she knew I was on bereavement leave. Calls me up because I need you to do a report for me. I'm like, I'm hopping on an airplane in like 10 minutes. She goes, I need you to do this now. I need this report. And I said, I'm on bereavement leave. Like, <clears throat> amen. Did you do the, did you do the report? Uh, so I said, always in a negotiator, I said, I was like, all right, I'm going to do this report, but I'm going to keep the bereavement days and I'm going to use them another time. Oh, so she whoa. said, yeah. So I went to Florida for like a week and for free, huh? didn't take any of my days. Yeah. That is quite the negotiation. That is a negotiation, right? That's a very good negotiation. But could you could you imagine the audacity? Like, imagine being the person that asks one of your employees who's on bereavement leave, be like, "Hey, look, I know someone that you love and whatever is dead, you know, passed away." Um, but I really need those reports. It's like something out of Office Space, the movie, right? Um, it, it's beautiful watching you you eat and drink. You know that, right? You're on mute just in case. Uh, you're talking. Oh, I took it. I took it off mute because I'm not eating now. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, man. Uh, I we're, we're gonna. Is your mom singing? You can hear that. <laughs> so I'm um, still flabbergasted for a moment here. I, I'm, you know. For those of you who follow us and have been listening for you know over a year now, congratulations! Um, every time you go down there, I say to take your bass rod and go ocean fishing. And mm -hmm. you recently took me up on that, and you know I, I told you about just kind of cleaning the reel and the rod and everything like that. And you've been killing it, absolutely killing it down there. And you know we've been chatting about it, about the fish you've been catching, and. Um, but I've always been joking about you taking your bass rod and catching a shark. And 
lo and behold, if you follow us on on the socials, you saw Joe's post and my repost of Joey catching a bonnet head hammerhead shark on his bass rod. That happened. That happened. <laughs> First off, I don't suggest fishing in salt water with your bass rods because it's a pain in the butt when it comes to cleaning your reels. Any sand gets in there. Oh boy. Pretty much. We'll be cleaning for days to find where that piece of sand is in there. Salt water is no good for it. But yes, I, I caught a shark. <laughs> Three and a half foot, four foot in that range. Bonnet head, which you're allowed to keep one a day. Which my buddy's now kicking himself in the butt for not keeping it. But it was caught on a bass rod with 12 pound fluoro uh, fluorocarbon sunline, FC snipe. And, uh, yeah, it was about 20, 20, 25 minute fight up and down the beach. Probably walked about a half a mile, going up one way, down the other way, and brought it in and caught a shark on a bass rod, Michael. So uh, I, I'm the big winner. You are, you are the big winner. You, Brian and I always say this thing it's uh, kings to you, right? And uh, yep. kings to you, Joseph, because that's. I've, <laughs> it, uh, it, you know, it, it's one of those things that like you, you want to happen because it's such a great story, but you, you know, you're sending me the video and it, you, you did exactly what I did, which was like, I'm not touching it. I touched it. I don't want that thing. I don't know. You didn't want to take the hook out it. of its mouth. Yeah. No, I wanted I, to take the hook out of the mouth. The other guy was having a hard time. But, yeah. uh, and the one video you could see, he was thrashing around and definitely, definitely trying to bite. I can't say I don't blame him. I'm kind of amazed. You see him 12 pound fluorocarbon. But um, he bit. Literally, the squid hit the water. It was squid, which is weird because we were using, using live bait all day. The squid hit the water and the reel went, <laughs> and that was all she wrote. And I knew then it was a shark, not a. I kind of knew it was a shark right away because when you would reel, you would see all the, <laughs> when you would finally get to move the fish or the fish would move, you would see all the bait fish fleeing and jumping out of the water like crazy. <laughs> so that was kind of the dead giveaway. And then when I saw the, I guess the dorsal fin coming up, that was the other good giveaway, but that really didn't happen until later in the catch when the, you finally got to see it come up with its tail up. And at first I thought it was a thresher shark because it's, the tail looked like a, like a thrush or shark tail, but it was not. It was a bonnet head. And for all you people who eat scallops, 99% sure that's what you're eating when you eat scallops is bonnet head shark. So people want to know if they taste good. If you like scallops, you like shark. Mm-hmm. So you were right, Michael, when you were saying scallop. That's why they call them that because yeah, they put I, those I, in with scallops. I knew that. Yeah, they... They're beautiful creatures, man. And I, yeah, I, the, the karma aspect of my life, I kind of like think I love the idea of shark fishing, right? For the size, but I like, I uh, can't do it. I don't know. Don't not on purpose. Eight by one. Don't want to get eight by one, one of these days, man. Um, well, all you do is just grab it behind the gills and just then hold it. But yeah, they're, they're strong little, little things 
Their skin feels pretty, pretty good. They smell like pee. <laughs> they pee through their skin. It's like a so different you, type. It's like a. So you got peed on. You got peed on by a shark. They pee through their skin, so I don't know if it, I don't think it actually comes out with pee, but they excrete their waste through their skin, <laughs> and it's got like this urea smell. They say, and that's why they soak them in buttermilk before you eat them. Um, like, let's be honest for a moment. You can soak anything in buttermilk and fry it, and everything on the planet is probably delicious, eh, with a few exceptions, well, I'm sure. If you ever go to Red Lobster and eat their scallops, and you think they're pretty delicious, uh, you probably ate a bonnet head. Probably ate a bonnet. I'm pretty, pretty sure of that. Um, yeah, isn't that funny? I, I, I was, um, I was laughing so hard when you did it. Then I was like, "What is wrong with you?" I'm like, you gotta come see this. Come, come in here. I was editing a video that I'm trying to post next week um, from what we'll talk about in a moment. But um, I was like, you, you won't believe what Joe did. She goes, "Haven't you two been talking about this for like a year?" And I said, "Yeah, literally a freaking year. We've been talking about Joe catching one." And lo and behold, here he is. Here's the video of the little sharky shark trying to bite Joe, trying to bite Joe's friend's hand. <laughs> yeah, they're not. He wasn't happy. They're hardy though. I mean, that, the hook was so small. It was a number two circle hook. So small hook. They're very hardy. It didn't hurt it at all. I mean, he went right back in the water and swam off. No, no issues. Did you, did you have to walk in and, you know, kind of sway it back? No, nope. Just carried it, sat it down and he whipped around trying to bite her toes off and then swam away. Now, you know, obviously we, we don't recommend you here in New Jersey, at least catching target sharks. Um, there are some legalities when it comes to that. And I'll let you talk to your legal advisors on that. Um, but yeah, is that true? That it is, it's illegal. I don't know. I've, I got to double check. There's, I know for a fact that people who've posted videos of them catching sharks on the beach and having them out of the water and taking photos with them have had visits from fish and wildlife. Oh, wow. Um, so you can target sharks, I think in federal waters. I don't know about uh, it. They're very, sharks are very endangered, man. I, I not, not down by you, but up here, there's not as many as you'd like. Um, you know, I was out on the boat this weekend and, uh, with captain Joe Mattiola fish NYC shout out. Uh, and I was talking about the Raritan Bay and I said, you see a lot of sharks in here. And he goes, because Mike, he's like, I've never, no one I know has ever caught one besides a dogfish. And I don't think anyone's seen them here because we see They're everything thick else. Down here. They're thick down here. Well, it's like Florida, right? Like you, you can't, you can't throw a stone without hitting three sharks in Florida, which is why I don't go swimming in Florida. Well, I would say this summer, this fall has been pretty close to that. Uh, there's a guy out the other day with goggles and he said there was a five foot black tip. Wow. And a hammerhead right there. Wow. Really? Well, you, so, so going back, so I was saying that while I wouldn't necessarily recommend it if you're in New Jersey, if you're in a state that allows for shark fishing and you wanted, if you were so inclined in Myrtle Beach to catch a hammerhead, what did you look for that made you catch the shark? I mean, you kind of knew what you were getting into because you were targeting specific species of fish um, and you were looking at certain things, right? Well, yes. Well, A, there's so much mullet here. You literally can walk on it. You can throw a cast it out and get about 60 mullet. But B, Brennan always says, and he always say, we go down to the washout in Volley Beach that they shrimp down here. 
their shrimp boats all the time. And when the shrimp boats come close, they bring the hammerheads with them because they follow around and just eat the chum or eat the old shrimp. Mm. So literally about 10 minutes before I caught that, I was telling my buddy about this one guy I know who, who seemed to believe that a hammerhead would not bite you because his mouth was on the bottom. And I even <laughs> pointed out the shrimp boats were here because the shrimp boats actually came in close, which they usually don't do right here. And I, that's why I made that comment. And I made the same comment that when the shrimp boats are close, the hammerheads are close. And lo and behold, within five minutes, that, that bottom head was, was caught. And uh, it was a what? fun catch. But like I said, it was like 25-minute fight. Yeah, probably about 25 minutes. No lie. You would think it would tire up. Like I, had to, I had to walk up, down, up, down the coast. And it would tire out. And, it would just be like just outside the first breaker that breaks on the beach and you'd see the dorsal fin and then you would go, I'm going to take off again. Wow. But so you've been having pretty good luck down there, right? Um, mm-hmm. You've caught everything under the sun that, that I can think of, right? You've caught Pompano. Uh, would you catch Spanish mackerel? Juvenile Spanish mackerel, Spanish mackerel, flounder, whiting. People eat whiting down here. It's really good. Um, mm-hmm. Blue, blue fins. Um, buddy caught a small redfish the other day. Uh, but the Spanish mackerel and the reds are running. And you can see the Spanish mackerel like crazy in the blues. Um, now, yesterday, a feeding frenzy of Spanish mackerel came through that lasted probably about five, ten minutes. This wow. is a continuous line of Spanish mackerel just. Uh, I've seen, I guess it's the Dorado washing yeah. out off the shore, big Dorado out past where we can cast though i mean busted like five six feet out of the water yesterday i swear i saw some type of sailfish it had like the long pointy nose like a marlin that thing literally busted like six seven feet out of the water at full speed like there's just so much it's literally so much bait i'm not exaggerating when i say you can take a cast net and you can throw it a pile of mullet and, and get a whole bucket through in one cast nest that's how much bait's down here you know, it, when I was out this weekend in, in the Raritan and you're even in the back bay, right, where the kills is in uh, Staten Island, you just could walk across the bunker, right? Yep. Um, it was amazing. And I think I talked about this a little bit when I went on that party boat in the Raritan River, just or Raritan um, Bay, rather, cruising along and you just see these like massive, like millions of bunker, Manhattan or Manhattan, whatever you want to say. Manhattan. Yeah. Um, everywhere. And you just are like, holy cow, the abundance of life is just unfreaking believable. And it it's awesome to see. Um, it's also kind of disheartening because if it's not always like this, what what is the cyclical nature of, of everything? Are we impacting it, right? Are they only coming back because there weren't as many boats last year because of COVID? New York had some pretty strict rules when it came to COVID, right, and, and boating. Well, I found out the mullets. Oh, there's always a ton of mullet down here. You can go down yeah. to Cherry Grove to the bridge, and there's so much mullet. It's unbelievable all year long. The water temperature is a little warmer, so I guess they're, they're closer. The water's still like 74 degrees. Wow. It's every bit. Like yesterday, I think it was like 68. It was a cooler day. It was pretty cool. And, and the water temperature was probably almost 10 degrees warmer. So if you were standing in the water, you were warm. Out, out of the water, it was pretty cold. 
Wow. It's usually pretty warm out here. You can always see the mullet just a little bit further past the breaker, but right now it's, it's really close. I mean, to the point where it's almost crashing on the shore. But when you go back, we go back to this bridge to catch it so we don't have to go out on the shore. And every year they say it's there in, in such abundance. Um, yesterday we drove down there and one cast, we had about 40 of them. That was it. And there's this, we have a video of it, the school of Spanish mackerel, baby Spanish mackerel, those millions, millions thick. Wow. I don't know. They do a good job out here protecting. There's a lot of a lot of sea life. The water's still warm down here, so I guess I guess it always is. I'm yeah. guessing that's why the mullet's still so close and the, and the reds are running. They had a 24-hour surf fishing competition yesterday in Hatteras. Or I don't know if it was yesterday, but a couple days ago where the biggest red fish and it was a 24 hours started like at 8 p.m. and went to 8 p.m. the next night on the beach. I, I probably would have done that. Some old cool. was telling me about it. That would have been real cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's warm. It's warm down here. When that sun comes up, it is it is warm. Today we're getting that rain that y'all are supposed to get tomorrow. But we're not getting as heavy. It's just been cloudy and overcast. And I had to I, I tried to go out with my rain gear and I threw a six ounce egg sinker and it was just too much current. On a Carolina rig, just way too much current. So, I yeah, guess they call it the Carolina rig because everybody uses it down here. <laughs> you know, I I follow the um, striped bass forum, right? Striper online or whatever it's called, and even the group on Facebook. And these guys were out during that nor'easter we had. I don't know a couple of days ago now, and catching like forty-eight inch striped bass. It's like, how do you even? I mean, it was windy. We had fl- we had flash floods, like was- work got canceled. Like I got, they canceled work because you couldn't oh, get wow. anywhere. Yeah, like it was a bad storm, man. Like not as bad as the one we had a few months ago, but like it was a lot of rain. And I get it, the fish don't care because they're wet. But in my opinion, I would assume that the pressure system would annoy them, where they wouldn't want to be biting. But who knows, man? Like they do what they do. Well, bass, I know bass, if it's just rain, they'll turn on and go nuts and eat. Yeah. The, the yeah. thunder will, some people say the thunder scares them off. Some people say it, it doesn't. But I yeah, know we, when it's raining, you can catch a lot of bass. We we had thunderstorms. Ooh. That's, oh, geez. You're right over there? Yeah. Well, those stripers don't care. They're migrating. I think they just go and right. they just eat. I think that's how I call it that shark. It was just eating. Literally, when I say that squid hit the water. It was like, as soon as it hit the water, I felt the tug. I slammed the hook and it ran like crazy. It's kind of like when Donna caught her first striped bass this week. Yeah. Yeah. That was her first. First, first cast. She had one on and lost it. Second cast. She, she gets one on and she's like, she threw it out there, hit the water and thing just started running. I was like, yeah, baby. Yeah. (laughs) What kind of bait were you guys using? Um, I was fly fishing. And um, I was using a half and half fly. And then um, she was using, I think then she was using like a mustad hook, like um, what's they called? Like the swim head, like weighted mm-hmm. swim heads. And then yep. a massive shad, like, like pearl, like a shad, like 
paddle Yeah. And I mean, the thing was so big. I, I would never thought that this, I think the fish was about 26 inches, give or take the first one that she caught, which nice size, you know, schoolie, if you will. Um, I mean, this bait was everything of six inches and that, that striped bass just annihilated it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, bass hit, he had swim baits all the time. I tell yeah. you the story when we were out in the bay fishing for rockfish. This is years ago, right when Brendan moved back from California. So we're talking a long time ago. I think he's been down here like six, seven years now. He had one of those Huddleston swimmers, which is a real expensive swim bait, a hard body swim bait. And that thing is probably 12 inches. And he would throw it out there at the pilings of the Bay Bridge and just reel it back. And little teeny baby rockfish, I'm talking like 10 inches, were getting on the treble hooks. They're yeah. aggressive. Bass yeah. are very aggressive fish. A hundred percent, a hundred, hundred freaking percent. Um, I, I, I was awesome. I, I guess we'll keep this all in one episode. I, I'm okay with that, and just continue and we'll record again next week, which is well. Cool the, the, the shark, the shark thing's not necessarily done yet because my my, my two buddies are still down until Monday. Um, there's still a chance. Hopefully tomorrow, passes off a little bit. And um, oh. I'm pretty sure I had another one on before on my other bass rod. I, I, I set that hook so hard. I didn't have the drag set. Oh, you were telling me. It had, to be, shark. It had well, to be a shark because it snapped back and whacked my ribs and whacked my hand. Do us a favor and try and record it. Kind of tough. Uh, have, have one of your buddies. There's, there's, there, is, there is video floating around, though, I found out. Some guy told me. I'm going to try to get him to send it to me. Cool. Yeah. Um, I'd love to see it because obviously I saw the pictures and I saw the video after you caught it, but I would love to see the. Well, fight. He said he said he, he he posted the fight and catch online. He's got tons of views. No I'll way. Have to ask him where it's at. Yeah, it was a long fight. I'm, but I'm telling you, I was walking quarter mile up and down the beach back and forth. That's probably longer than a quarter mile. The first walk up. Wow. You can't, you can't turn it. I was on a bass rod. I don't like I can turn a three and a half four foot shark over on a medium heavy <laughs> pal. <laughs> Seven foot two with a Daiwa SVT, you know, big cast or other. It's not like I can turn a shark, but no, but but I, you, you did it, you did it right though, right? Like, and that's I was telling the captain Joe Mattiola, I was like, or Mattioli, I said, I said, here, I was like, he's like, oh, what do you do? You have a fly rod if you want to bring your own, and I said, well, I, I have one, but I've got. I don't know if we're going after for monster hunting. I don't know if I want to catch a, a 48 inch, 50 inch uh, striped bass on my six weight. And he goes, Oh, that's yeah, you're right. He goes, but for schoolies, you know, a seven weight or eight weight would probably be perfect. And I said, yeah. And I said, well, he's like, well, would you predominantly use your six weight for? And I said, caught a, the biggest fish. I'd say probably a Northern Pike. And he goes, you caught a pike on your six weight with your, with your bat and kill reel. And I said, yeah, I said, you just, you got to learn how to play the fish, man. And, and I mean, there's not, you feel it. Like you just don't muscle it and you let them kind of do their thing and you slowly, but surely get them in. It's the way that it works. So you can catch some massive fish. Yeah. If your drag set right, you don't have to worry. I mean, I've caught a nine pound bass on six pounds leader as long as your drags right and i just caught a, how much of a three and a half four pound shark weighs on 12 pound tests so. right 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 it's, not as um, heavy as you would think a three or four pound shark would weigh but it was 20 pounds plus i would say right it was a nice size fish and if you haven't seen it everyone go and joe's uh you have it on your instagram page right not on your story 
It's a oh, page. Yawning sorry over here, ladies sorry, and gentlemen. Sorry. Oh, what do you have such a rough life? What are you, you've been shark fishing and lounging and walking your dog? It's it's the clouds. It's the clouds. Yeah. And your your video's off now, so Oh, the video went off? <clears throat> I hate sorry, I'm not on my computer. I wish I could share with this, but I don't think I can share content. I could share a picture of the shark, but only the host can share in this meeting. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I still haven't done a laptop. Sleeping, sleeping behind the wheel. Yeah, there you go. I just shared the ability for you to share. Michael's always worries what pops pops up on my. Uh, oh, I get worried on screen. everyone's screen. I was dealing with something technical the other day, and I said, um, "Before you share your screen, make sure, <laughs> make sure." You see it? Yeah, baby. Look at that beauty. I mean, it's a. I can't really see the teeth, but there's a no, ton of teeth in there. Oh no, um, doesn't do it justice. Um, the teeth, the teeth are insane. Like we like like they always say, rows and rows and rows. And I think, I mean, this mouth. It looks. I wish I got a better picture of the backside. Let me see. Um, rows and rows and rows and rows and rows and rows of teeth. You can see it here snapping. Let's see. Oh, I guess I can't share that. Doesn't like videos, yeah. I don't think. No, it doesn't like videos. Yeah, yeah. Well. Michael will share the video. But when it was snapping, you can see the top of it is real pretty, but the bottom looks just like a you know, array. It's all white. Yeah. The eyes are the eyes are on the side of its head. The eyes are cool. And its head they're, look like an anchor is the like best I way said, to describe it. Beautiful creatures, man. It's um I was surprised how smooth uh, the skin was. Well, you, you always hear, right, that they're these like, oh, don't touch it because you're going to cut yourself. They've got scales and blah, blah, blah. It's like well, when, when you I, go when like I, the opposite way, it feels like sand. Yeah, of. that's why they say don't go the opposite way. Yeah. yeah. When you and grab then, it from the top, it's, it's like it can't even describe the feeling. Almost like rubbery. Hmm. Quite interesting. I'll but, keep my mouth but, shut on that one. And, uh, we'll segue, huh? We'll segue. I heard you, you called some uh, rocky fish, or as you uh, striped stripe bass. So, uh, you know, Did, uh, he, he's going to come on. So, you know, Captain Joe Fish NYC said that he would come on. Um, you know, had a fantastic time. This is my first charter that I've ever done in New Jersey. The first charter I've ever done was down in Isla Mirada. And Joe is a licensed, or I should say, a Orvis captain. guide captain. Ooh. He's a licensed captain, but he's a, like one of the only Orvis guides salt water in the New York tri-state area. He's got a nice 30-foot center console. Freaking gorgeous boat, man. And he, he does this. So he, he has um, an Instagram page. I'll, I'll link to the story and hit this one. And when we have him on, we'll do it again. Um, but I found him by listening to the Orvis podcast. And he was talking about fly fishing for striped bass. And I was like, oh, man, Brian and I have been talking about this for years, right? Love to do fly fishing for striped bass. Um, so I was like, this is a perfect opportunity because I want to buy a 10 weight so I can do some short casting. Um, and this was a nice kind of introduction to it. This is something that I want to do. This, you know, this is a big commitment. 
because fly rods are expensive, fly lines expensive, the fly reels expensive, not to mention, you know, the ancillary things like the basket to put the line in as you're casting and whatnot. So, you know, this is something that I really want to get involved in. Um, so I called him a couple months ago and I said, Hey, you know, Kevin Joe heard you on Orvis podcast uh, with Tom Rosenbauer. Love to come on your boat. You know, I'm looking for a good time to come. Um, you know, I know obviously that they're running in October, November, maybe a little bit earlier, maybe a little bit later. Um, what dates can I get you on the schedule? She's like, well, you know, we're still kind of fishing for Albies now. So false albacore are around or were around um, earlier this month, earlier in October. And he's like, you know, if the striped bass aren't going around, we'll probably just want to chase down Albies if that's okay. You know, they're fun to catch. There's bluefish that'll be around. You know, there's all sorts of fish you can catch. And I said, yeah, you know, I just honestly want to do saltwater fly fishing. Um, I asked around and see if anyone wanted to come with me and no one wanted to come. Could you imagine that? Yeah, well, okay, yeah. Best. But yes, I can imagine that. I can't. I can't. Not especially you, for rock stripes. Yeah. You you said yeah. And I mean they get it. It's not it's not cheap, right? But you're no. going out for eight hours on a boat, burning gas. You everything's included. I mean, this guy like takes care of you, right? Hey, you're you're paying for it. He's an Orvis master freaking guide. Like that's a big deal. So I said, okay, guys, like I'm, I'm going to book it because if I wait for everybody, it's never going to happen. So let's book it. So I booked it. Nobody, everyone's like, no, I can't, can't go. <laughs> so I'm like, all right. So I say, I'll go by myself. I'm okay with it. Right. Uh, it's fine. I'll go by myself. Donna's like, I don't want you to go by yourself. I'll go. I want to catch striped bass. I'm like, yeah, it's a good wife right there. Right. Yeah, it's like, a very good wife. Like, very come on now. Wife. Come on now, people. <laughs> good wife. Uh, great wife. So yeah. I'm like, you sure? So yes. Yeah, so, so we were going to do a four hour um, striped bass trip. And, <clears throat> you know, he, he calls me like a couple days before. And he's like, look, he's like, really not around in numbers, the striped bass. Minimum that I would recommend is six hours. I would really recommend you do an eight hour trip. Then I was like, I am not going on a boat fishing for eight hours. <laughs> But I will go for six hours. And I said, okay, cool. So we were scheduled to go, you know, two, three weeks ago. And um, we got hit by a gnarly storm. I think we talked about it on here. And, you know, the wind was just so nasty. The day before, he's like, Mike. What was that? You, you, have, you, you, got, to, you got to evacuate over there. <laughs> No, or right. uh, I'll just mute. There you go. All right. No. <laughs> Never a dull moment, man. <clears throat> so we, so you know, we, we had to cancel. I was a little disappointed because he said that they, they were catching massive false albacore everywhere. Right? Um, they were catching some pretty big bass, but not in numbers. And I, uh, yeah, it was a little disappointed. So. He rescheduled. Uh, he said, you know, he had some openings last weekend. Um, you know, if we wanted to do it last weekend or this weekend, whatever worked for for us. So my date was either Sunday or it was going to be um, this upcoming weekend, which of course I didn't want to do because it's Donna's birthday weekend. Um, I'm I'm intrigued right now, and I'm gonna try and define to you what was just seeing 
being seen by me because I was on speaker view here. Joe's wandering around the apartment because the smoke alarm's going off and he's creeping around, kind of looking around to see if his entire family has left the building. <laughs> you okay? I'm the sole survivor. Yeah, we're good. We're good. All right. All right. Good. Just wanted to make sure that. Um, <clears throat> so we went and, you know, we had to get to Staten Island. Um, you know, we left Staten Island. Uh, we got to the marina about it was about 6 a.m., 6.15. We were on the boat by about 6.30, 6.45. Um, false sunset started happening. And um, being as first bite in the marina there, or right there in the kill, started about 7 on a dot, just like he said. Um, we got a chance to kind of, you know, what our whistles a little bit on striped bass fishing, right? First time for me catching anything on a, on a fly rod in the saltwater um, heavy weighted rods. I'm used to fly fishing with a six weight. I was using a nine weight with intermediate sink and, uh, it's a heavy line compared to what I'm used to casting. So I needed to get my motions down, needed to kind of get my timing down with casting and wanted Donna to get comfortable in, you know, just casting in general. She was using the spin rod with, like I said, the swim bait, uh, second cast in, she catches one, then she catches another. I catch one. I catch one with shoulders. We're off two for two, right? And the bite is crazy. Like it's just, you see these bass hitting the surface because there's all these like tiny little bait fish everywhere. And the birds are flying all over. The sunset is just, sunrise rather, is just absolutely stunning. All sorts of colors. And there you are. You feel almost like you're in New England in this little harbor there in Staten Island, New York. Imagine that, right? Um <clears throat> So we're chasing, we're chasing birds, right? And that's a big part of saltwater fishing is you're always looking for the birds. So we're zipping across this Harbor, zipping back, zipping back and um, following the birds back and forth. And finally the bite just turned off and he's like, okay, it's time to go, you know, trophy hunting. Let's go out into the Bay. So we make the trip around into the Bay and he's like, all right, here's, here's kind of the goal guys. You know, we're, we're looking for birds. Again, just like we were, um, if you see birds congregating in an area like 10 or more on the horizon, anywhere, point them out to me. And that's where we're gunning for. Um, when we first pulled out there, there were really not a lot of boats and um, not right where we were, at least at first. And then as you started getting closer to some, I guess they would consider their honey holes or whatever. Um, there were just stacks and stacks of boats. I mean, like within casting distance of each other. And you're like, holy shit, like today's going to suck because it's a Sunday. Every pleasure boater's out. Everybody's got their boat on the water. There's so much boat traffic. There's not a lot of fish still around because the water's still kind of warm. Um, and they're being chased down by, by madmen in boats, right? Um, and you could tell it was slow because they were all on the radios and they were all joking around the entire time. It's like, okay, well, if you have time to be joking around on the CB radio, and this is what Joe said, he goes, he goes, yeah, it's, he's like, I'm afraid it's going to be slow. He's like, but at least we got you on some early. He's like, I'll try and get you on some more. Um, so we went like three hours without catching another fish, without even getting another bite. And we were zipping back and forth around, um, around the bay. And anytime you would see like a blitz happen by the time you would get there, by the time you would get there, it was over. Like the, you, you spooked the fish and the fish were gone. Um, so we did that for about three hours and finally we were like, all right, well, 
let's go back. He said about one o'clock, there was another blitz that would happen in the Marina. We did that. Um, we wound up Donna got five or six strike pass total. Oh, wow. so, we, so we got a couple more blitzes in, in the Bay there or in the um, Marina rather. And, um, I wound up with six or seven fish, two of which were beautiful weak fish, man. So, uh, the gorgeous sea trout. Um, oh yeah, they, they were really pretty. Yeah, they they look just like brown trout. And he's like, "Who yeah. who would have thought you you would come into the ocean and catch uh, catch trout?" Which is what I normally catch when we go trout fishing, right? Yeah. Like you're up in the mountains. So, uh, really cool creatures. Really cool to see. Um, sharp teeth. No, sharp freaking teeth, man. Sharp teeth. Um, but you know, I you kind of have those uh, coulda woulda shouldas like. I love catching striped bass. I, I think that it was so awesome. I definitely want to catch more. I can't wait to go on another charter with Joe, you know, maybe bring, we can do up to four people on it. I think that would be great. I think Donna's had her fill. She said she would like to do it maybe under warm weather. Cause it was freaking bipolar as heck on Sunday. Was it, cool? it was like drizzling was it cold and warm. Oh. It was cold and warm, then drizzling, then like sunny, then it was all the sun went away and it was cloudy and you'd like layer and then unlayer and then layer and then unlayer. And it was just, it was a lot. So, you know, she's like, you know, let's maybe go in the summer, early summer, right? Like where she can be warm. Right. Right. Hang out on a boat, you know, not, um, you know, lessons learned for me were definitely fly casting a heavy rod with heavy line, you know, take your time, not so many false casts, you know, the retrieve is everything. Um, you know, I didn't do, I do this sometimes when I do bass fishing, right. I put the rod under my arm here and I strip with my, my hands. So that way I have this hand free a little bit to kind of control the line a little bit more and get a little bit more motion. But um, you know, when I was fly fishing with him, you know, he recommended Joe to to hold the line like this. You know, I have the three fingers holding the line here and I'm stripping back like this, but just short, quick, um, you know, definitely try and definitely try different tempos. Um, I found the tempos that he said to use were absolutely perfect. I, you know, they worked, but, you know, I kind of, I do this thing when I do pike fishing and it, it would kind of flip my wrist a little bit so it kind of makes the your your fly kind of go like this make a jump yeah yeah and i, I didn't try that uh, I, I would definitely like to you get in the zone I'll just, you know you'll see some video of that at some point in the near future but um you know you just get in the zone of just casting and it's very rhythmic and relaxing and seven freaking fish take it no keepers though, huh? No fish tacos. No, I I wasn't planning on keeping them. And I honestly, I don't know if, I would assume if we wanted to keep one, he would have been okay with it. But, um, you know, I told him originally it was going to be cash, catch photo release. Um, and he, he was cool with that. Um, now, if I go again and I have my own rod, I'm definitely going to crimp down, you know, the, the hook a little bit and make sure that, you know, it's just a straight hook we don't have any kind of barb on it or anything like that i just find it so much easier like i hate having to fight the fish to try and get it out of its mouth um you know any any way you can kind of expedite the process of getting back in the water in my opinion is a good thing yeah yeah i get it well sounds like a hell of a trip joe it was 
freaking gorgeous, man. And and maybe in the springtime when they're running back north, we can do it again. He said, uh, yeah. I think he said April, May. Um, yeah, I, I, I will have two more striper seasons up there. So this, this is probably be the last one. Yeah. We'll have to try for April or May. Yeah, we should definitely do it, man. It's uh, uh, anyone who's into fishing, uh, you know, get out there on a boat. And, you know, I love shore casting. I love, you know, the idea of something romantic about being on the water right from the beach and fishing. But when you're on a boat and you can chase down these fish, I mean, it's, it adds it's to fun. the excitement. Yeah. But you also see the flip side of it, right? Which is so many people have boats and it gets really crowded up there on that, on that bay. I've never been in the Raritan Bay, so I don't know how big it is, but I've seen it many times, but. Yeah, it's, a lot it's of people in the area, a lot of money. So I guess there is a lot of boats. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was it was funny. We we saw these boats still in the marina, and I was joking with him. I said, "It's like that's a nice two million dollar, three million dollar boat." I go, "How often do you think they use it?" He goes, "Ah, maybe like two times a season." I'm like, "Yeah." He's like, "I would use it every weekend if I could." I mean, he went out after we we were we got off the boat like close to two or something like that, and he had called his buddy and he's like, let's go back out. He's like, I'm ready to fish now. I'm like, well, hopefully you guys did, you know, hopefully you guys did all right. He's like, yeah, we I did. I bet you he did. <clears throat> did they, did they do okay? I, I actually, I didn't ask when we were texting each other the other day. Um, he asked for some pictures that we took. Um, and, you know, he, he took some video. It was crazy. We were driving right into a blitz, you know, he turned off the motor and we we're just kind of cruising into it. And the seagulls were just crashing into the water and all the seabirds were crashing into the water in front of us. And he's like, I was so in the zone. I was freaking stripping and casting and you know, doing my thing. And he's like, the, the seabirds looked like they were about to like take your hat off your head. He goes, they were so close to landing on you or being on top of you. He goes, I, it was one of the most incredible things I've seen. So he took video or a picture of it. So I asked him to send that to me and hopefully he does because I mean, it was cool. It was really cool to see Can't all this. To see that. Yeah. Can't wait to see that. Okay. Yeah. What a, what a great time though, man. Um, yeah. So again, huge shout out uh, Joe Mattioli, uh, freaking awesome, awesome captain, licensed captain out of New York, great state of New York and uh, Staten Island. And um, Staten Island. Definitely pay him, pay him a visit. Tell him I said hello. Definitely. Well, tomorrow I'll continue hunting saltwater fish for you. And I think this weekend I'll be out on Santee Pooper. So well, hunt giant bass. As I said, I'm on PTO nah, tomorrow. Nah, 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 so nah. if you are, uh, if you are out there and you, you want to jump on and, and, you know, zoom me or whatever, we can, we can take a look at the beach and see how you're doing. Um, Sunday or Saturday might be a good day too because like I said, Lake Moultrie, Marion. I I was saying it Donna, she goes, You seem so much more relaxed this week because I got to go fishing. Like yeah. it's been way too long, man. And it's my own fault. Um adulting is horrendous. But uh yeah, you, you need to get outside and enjoy yourselves, guys. Um, gals, if you're listening to this and to my sister Catherine who's listening Especially to this. It's about to get cold up there. Yeah, I was busting Catherine's chops. I said, you know, you need to get outside and, and do some stuff. She's like, oh, you need, I need your podcast. You, you, I need to hear about your fishing adventures and kind of live vicariously through you. And I was like, I was like, you need to go hiking because it's almost peak 
fall season. Almost let's, for her foliage. Let's, let's go leaf peeping, people. I know you're really into that. So <laughs> no, no leaf peeping for me. <laughs> Everything's so green and flowers down here. I don't. I don't believe you. I don't believe you. Uh, if it wasn't dark, I'd go show you a whole bunch of hibiscus and palm trees. But it's, it is. It's like it's like pitch black dark out right now. I can't uh, believe it. Let me see. It's not quite pitch dark. It just so. Here we go. I'm yawning. I'm yawning now, man. Excuse me. All right, well, it's time to go eat. I gotta put food in my my belly. No pasta visual. No pasta visual. Donna made a homemade pasta last night, and then yeah, man. Mamma mia, mamma mia. Mama I keep mia. asking for the pasta visual, even though I don't like beans. But I like it. I just say visual, visual, Well, brajol. You can know you say brajol. Brajol is very similar. Brajol, 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 brajol. I think I say visual because I want the brajol. I want the meat. Ooh. What's 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 the other soup? The uh, not Italian wedding oh. soup. Uh, the can't think of that name. Oh my gosh, my my friend's mother would call. She's like, she's like, tell Michael Hacker if he wants <laughs> if he wants to stop over. I made some soup. You're on mute, Joe. I made visual. I made a pasta visual. I was like, yeah, all right. Sorry. I'll stop over. I'll have some soup. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to the Hacker Outdoors podcast. This is Michael Hacker, and that's Joey McCormick munching away over there on God knows what. I'm starving. And, oh my God, uh, they're so good. Shameless what, plug. Ritz toasted chips. So good. Yeah. Mm. All right. Well, you, you heard Sponsor it here first. Ritz. Ritz. Sponsor us. Yeah, let's go. Let's go, Ritz. <laughs> Make no, Ritz let's go. <laughs> let's go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, again, thank you so much, Joe. Have fun. Maybe I'll talk to you tomorrow while you're out there on the beach. And uh, I'll, I'll get you something. All right, cool. Later, brother. Have a good night. Have a great week, guys. Bye.